Hey, this is Dylan Collins. I'm the CEO of Super Awesome, and I'm generally your host uh, on the Kid Tech series. Uh, really excited to be kicking off season three. Uh, this is an amazing, really interesting conversation uh, with Jonathan in Super Social. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Kid Tech, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with the uh, makers, shakers, movers, creators, kids' digital ecosystem. Today, I am, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while, actually, since the first time we had him on the show. Uh, Jonathan Raz Friedman, um, I'm going to ask him to actually introduce himself. Today, he's the CEO, co-founder of Super Social, uh, which is doing some incredibly interesting things in the metaverse. Uh, Jan, welcome back. Hey, Dylan. Thanks so much for having me. Second time. Uh, even more excited than, than the first one, but uh, I've seen how Key Tech podcast grows and incredible speakers you brought on board. So I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited and honored to be here again. Thanks for inviting me. Um, well, I think, you know, we're, we're recording this uh, on the 5th of March. Um, Roblox is due to IPO on, on the 10th of March. So depending on when this goes out, it's going to be just either just before or just after that. So I thought it was incredibly timely. I mean, before we get into everything that you're doing in, in Super Social, um, could you just sort of run through your background for, for the audience? Yes. So I like to think of myself as an accidental repeat founder. Um, you know, I was uh, the first company I founded uh, was Kano Computing, which, you know, an ed tech pioneer, a computer company uh, that I co-founded um, over eight years ago in London. Um, uh, and, you know, really proud about what we've built over there over the last eight years. Uh, a computer kids build and code themselves. Sort of my first foray into um, consumer technology, accidentally building it for, you know, young people. Um, it's been a hell of a journey, and we talked about that a bunch of time previously. Um, you know, then I moved on, uh, remained on the board and, and still a shareholder in, in Kano, uh, moved on to found to start my second company, Sosu, which was a take on play and learning through robotics and mixed reality. Um, you know, didn't work as I expected, as I wanted, as I wished, worked on it for a couple of years, then put it aside. Um, and then, you know, started to work on, on, a, on another immersive educational technology company called Kodo uh, uh, that uh, ultimately we decided to pivot. And that was what led me to move into starting Super Social from scratch. Um, and so kind of accidentally, you know, over the past almost a decade, uh, Super Social is now my fourth venture. But the way I kind of describe myself is, you know, I'm, I'm, I come from liberal arts. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about the role technology plays. I love looking at technologies and what can be built with it to really make an impact on, on, on the wider population, but especially on young people. And it typically always at the intersection of play, learning and interactive media. Um, and, and that's sort of my background. And, and I'm excited about this new venture, Super Social, that I've been working on for, for less than a year. I'm sure we're going to dig in more on that. But um, these are unprecedented times where how you build a company, what company you build, everything is being reimagined. And I'm excited to, to have had the opportunity to start a new venture in, in the middle of this craziness. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, we've seen so many trends that you and I would have followed over the last few years just getting accelerated by the implications and impact of COVID everywhere around the world. And I suppose, particularly with kids and young teens now spending so much time at home and screen time having doubled, it's, it's, it's just fascinating what we're seeing. And um, so let, let's get into super social. So like, how would you describe it? And 
you know, what's the, what's the, the origin story? So I'll start with kind of the, the, the one-liner of what we do. Super social, what we do, we focus on building next generation virtual worlds with insanely engaging games and experiences for the metaverse, starting with Roblox. That's what we do. That's what we're working on every day. Um, the the long-term view that we take on where the world is going when it comes to games and interactive media um, is very much so, and, and that's kind of part of the genesis of the company. In the 2000s, the World Wide Web allowed us to build websites. And everyone very quickly wanted to have a website, wanted to publish content on a website, and wanted to build website for all sorts of purposes. In the 2010s, the smartphone revolution and the iPhone allowed us to build apps. And suddenly everyone, an individual, a brand, everyone wanted to build an app. And the app store allowed you to build new touchscreen-based experiences for a whole new consumer generation. We also had that wave of Facebook where everyone wanted a Facebook page. So the 2010s was really about building Facebook pages and apps. And that continues, especially with apps. And I think in the 2020s, this decade and beyond, you know, what we believe is that everyone, game engines are going to be the underlining technology of enabling anyone to build always on 3D worlds. Obviously the core use case for these always on 3D worlds is games. As always, games pave the way for next generation interactive media, but we believe very much so that those 3D worlds, always on 3D worlds, are also going to be the evolution of the internet and of social experiences on the internet. And, and this is a view that a lot of other people share. And I think ultimately it manifests itself in what people say kind of the metaverse, but practically speaking, in less jargon, really what we're talking about, we're talking about always on large scale, persistent, multi-purpose virtual worlds where there's so many different type of shared experiences happen, games, entertainment, music, and many, many more so in the future. And I think when we looked at that, you know, we were like, wow, th this, is, this is a world we want to help create. This is a world we believe of where the world is going when it comes to interactive media and experiences for all ages. And then the second question was, okay, where, where do we start? It's such, such an ambitious direction, such a great world that we believe is going to be created. You know, as a small new company, as entrepreneurs, where do we, where do we go uh, and where do we start? Um, and, you know, as you know, building for kids and young people for almost a decade now, um, I've known about Minecraft and Roblox and these type of user-generated platforms for, for a long time, almost eight or nine years. Um, and I've known about Roblox specifically because we also had one of the investors at Kano invested in Roblox. Uh, I've met Dave, the CEO of Roblox, couple of times, you know, five years ago. And so, and I never thought that Roblox would get to where they are today. And so when we started to look at the landscape and where do we start, I, I very similar to the, how we started Kano by building on the Raspberry Pi, which was this existing amazing invention. I figured we should start on Roblox for a few reasons. Everyone look at Roblox as this sort of app for kids, game for kids. But really what I saw is a very powerful combination of a game engine, meaning I can build a game pretty quickly and relatively affordably. It's also a cloud computing provider and it's also a social network that now is a place where 32 million daily active users are engaging with different experiences. Um, and so we put together all of that into a package and we basically said, look, we're gonna build games and experiences inside these next generation virtual worlds. 
um, and we're going to start with Roblox. That was the genesis of the company. It sounded pretty wacky. When I started to talk to people, they're like, wait, what? You're going to focus on Roblox, that really weird looking games that kids create for themselves. You know, a lot of the investors we talked to didn't really understand how it makes sense, if the economics make sense. Um, you know, but we were very bullish on that. And, and, you know, quite delightfully, there are a bunch of investors, private and institutional, who really resonated with the vision, with the team, um, how we want to build the company and really decided to back us early on. Um, and so, you know, a lot has been happening over the last, the last nine months since we started Super Social. I've got so many follow-on questions to follow, to, <laughs> to, to, to lead from that. Um, when you think about, I mean, kind of at a high level, uh, and we'll get into this in more detail, Super Social's business model within Roblox. C can you talk about that just a little bit? And, yeah, and I, guess, so I, to... I guess that this will be kind of planned. It's going to evolve over time, of course. Yeah. So just to give the, you know, the, the audience a sense of Roblox's business model as, 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 as how you make money as a developer. Um, the way you make money as a developer on the Roblox platform, number one is through in-game uh, purchases so virtual goods. That's the majority of, of the revenue today. Uh, so in our games, uh, players and users will be able to purchase virtual goods inside our games. That's number one. Number two, also you are able to create accessories for avatars that can be sold either inside your game or in the Roblox marketplace. So you can also create accessories that we can then sell on the marketplace unrelated to our game or related to our games. Um, that is the big portion of the revenue today. Uh, what Roblox introduced recently, which we're really excited about is what they call premium um, um, uh, sort of um, engagement revenue. So Roblox has a subscription service called Roblox Premium and essentially a subscriber who plays on our game Roblox gives us a portion of the subscription in engagement revenue. And really what it does, <clears throat> it incentivizes and monetizes the most engaging games. Um, and Roblox already stated that that type of revenue will grow. And so that serves us well as, as a developer, as we think about our business model. So again, virtual goods inside the game, accessories for avatar in the Roblox marketplace, and then engagement revenue. The other couple of things that I think are only getting started, which we're gonna keep an eye as a, as a developer, is brand partnerships. Revenue that can come from partnering with different brands outside. You know, Dylan, I know you guys are working on something with you know, MGA, so very curious about your POV. And I think that's gonna start taking more and more shape in the ecosystem as Roblox becomes a, a wider known platform. And as more brands subscribe to the earlier vision that I mentioned, which is, 3D worlds always on, and everyone would want to participate in that next generation of interactive media. Um, that's so interesting. When you particularly, actually, I, I was going to get to this much later, but you, you brought it up, so it's a good jumping off point. I mean, when you think about, you know, I suppose the, the emerging um, Roblox ecosystem and you know, you have, you have all of these brands trying to figure out like how to engage with this and, and particularly, you know, brands that are trying to engage with that younger audience, you know, they're all, they're all trying to think about this. Like when you, when you look at, at, at Roblox's ecosystem expanding, let's say over the next 12, 24 months, what do you think the balance looks like between, you know, let's say what, what, what super social is doing, you know, versus, you know, you mentioned MGA and, and what they're doing with LOL. Like, how do you think that plays out? You know, I think it's going to be a lot of experimentation mm. on the platform. 
what worked until I take I take the, the the point of view of what worked on the platform until today may not be what it what works in the future. And so I think yes, you have the the large games today like Adopt Me, Jailbreak, you know, Royal High, all of these kind of open open world different type of games that are very successful on the platform today. But the one thing that is important to keep in mind, and, and that's what I, you know, we, we're keeping in mind, is the audience is going to evolve. The human behavior, the user behavior on the platform is going to evolve. And I think before we are able to really see what type of experiences in the next 12 to 24 months are really picking up, there's going to be a lot of experimentation. There are going to be branded worlds like LOL Surprise. There's going to be more like the Wonder Woman, you know, Warner Brother experimentation that they've done. Um, there's going to be probably more music experiences coming in. There's going to be large-scale virtual world games like our first product, Ghostopia, which is kind of an MMO RPG that takes place in a haunted world, and I'm sure we'll get to that more. There's going to be all kinds of games and interactive experiences happening on the platform. My, my instinct is that all of those experiences will have a place on the platform because the audience is so diverse. The question is going to be what type of experiences are not only available on the platform, but what are the type of experiences where you can actually build an interesting business on? And what is your, um, what is your matrix of success as the developer? Are you coming in to build a brand awareness campaign for a new product that you're launching outside of Roblox? So is the, is the purpose of why you're launching a 3D world on Roblox is marketing? Is the purpose is to build a revenue generator product? Is the purpose to build a, some sort of a community and experiment and test different type of experiences uh, before you even know what is your KPI, right? It is an R&D effort. And I think we're gonna see, what I suspect is gonna, we're gonna see all of the above on the platform because all kinds of developers, all kinds of brands are gonna come in and try and figure out what is the right end goal for them to engage with this extraordinary community on the platform um, so, so that, that's kind of how I anticipate things are going to play out in the next 12 to 24 months. And I think that also Roblox as a company, like you saw with the Lil Nas X concert, I think they will continue and put proof of concept to show what people can build with the technology, even though that's not what they do. They don't create content to make money. They create content to serve as inspiration for other developers to see, to show what the, what you can build on the platform. So again, I anticipate a lot of experimentation in different vertical, different content, different type of experiences before we can really see what type of experiences are really can be successful in, in the next you know two to three years on the platform. You must've gone through such uh, an amazing learning curve, like over the last 12 months with Super Social around game design and, you know, what works and, and and I mean you know you talked about sort of the the overall kind of emerging engagement patterns here, but I'd love to hear sort of what you've learned from a gameplay perspective in terms of building on Roblox for everything that's going on here. I think what's the 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 the, the there, there's a few things right. Number one, all type of experiences in different levels of fidelity can can work on the platform. Sometimes you look at some of the games on Roblox that has a quarter billion play sessions and you're like, wait, what? How, how does that happen? You just find yourself as, as a developer thinking, wow, like it's kind of incredible that, that this attracts a lot of attention. Uh, and, and so you, one of the things we, 
we set as a principle from the moment we started to build for Roblox is you've got to come with a certain level of humility to the platform because what you've seen from other platform may not be necessarily relevant on Roblox. There is a certain level of forgiveness that players have almost unintentionally because the quality or the type of the game and, and the fidelity of the game is not necessarily what's important for that particular community that likes the game. It's a very social platform. Players come in because they like to spend time together. They like to play a game together. And sometimes it's a game they want to play for five minutes, like a karaoke game. And sometimes it's a game they want to play for hours, like Adopt Me, right? Which is you know an RPG. Um, so the first thing we discovered was there's all kind of users on the platform with all kind of reasons of why they come to play the games, number one. Number two, the community is very forgiving and actually they want to engage in a meaningful way in the creation of the game. We discovered that users and players want to give feedback. They don't expect something to be perfect. They want to be part of that. So, you know, we have a very, very vibrant Discord channel with our first product, Ghostopia community. They're very engaged. They want to help build something great. They want to help co-create. Um, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing is you have to decide what is the angle of why you're building on the Roblox platform. Super social, we have uh, our focus, which is we, from the get-go, we wanted to take the platform to the next level, to push the boundaries of what's possible. We want to be referred and, and be perceived as a platform innovator. So the type of games and experiences we are working on or envisioning working on in the future, they're about really taking the technology and the community and showing next generation virtual worlds and experiences that can be built on Roblox and really carve a unique path of why we are building for the Roblox platform and community. And I think identifying the why you're building on Roblox and what are you trying to make an impact, what type of impact you want to make as a brand or as a developer, I think that's really, really, really important because there's so much noise. There are 40 million different experiences available on the platform. If you don't strike a unique chord and identity of why you are building on the platform, you're probably going to be lost in the, in, in, in the translation of all these games. As an analog, do you think it's closer to Facebook or closer to one of the app stores or something else? I would say, I would say that my, my interpretation of reality today is I think there is a lot of similarities to both. So first on the Facebook front, um, if you recall, and if the audience recalls in the early days of the Facebook games, it was like, <laughs> it was, it was blowing up. There were games everywhere. Of course you had, you know, you had Playfish, Playdom, and Zynga, they were like the three top developers on Facebook who, who built on social games on the platform. But it was really like a wild west. There is a lot of everything. So there's a lot of similarities there. And I think it was also very social. Friends invited friends. That social dynamics, I see a lot of that on Roblox because it's a social network where friends invite their friends to play together. I also see a lot of similarities to the beginning of the App Store on Apple because there was also a lot of everything. There are all kinds of games and developers building all type of things until really leaders have emerged with new gameplay, new business model, really figured out how to build engagement on the platform in a sustainable way. But I think on both platform, on Facebook and on, on, on the App Store at the beginning, what you also saw, you saw a massive wave of brands wanting to participate. And I think you're starting to see that with Roblox. And again, going back to the 3D world that always on, 
I think you're going to start seeing this year and especially in 2022, I envision a lot of people, a lot of brands coming in and basically wanting to have a piece of the pie of these emerging environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, that's not just for Roblox, that's also on the Epic ecosystem. Uh, but I think that's also reminds me a lot of the early days where everyone wanted to have an app and a Facebook page, right? So I think both of those market forces, definitely a lot of interesting analogies from you know, a decade, a decade and a half ago with the App Store and Facebook. Um, you raised investment from um, a bunch of interesting folks. Um, so you've got Griffin Gaming, you've got Initial, you've got Warner Music on your cap table, at least. That, th- those are the ones I know of. Um, I'm curious, when you were out talking to those folks, like, do you feel the investor community looks at this sector as being an evolution game or something else entirely? That's a great question. You know, different investors have a different POV on the world and, 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 and especially investors who come from the games industry hmm. where we, and we have two, right? We have both initial capital who are, you know, the founders of, of Playfish and one of the first investors in Supercell. You also have Griffin Gaming, who are you know a large fund focuses on interactive media, esports, and games. And then we have Warner Music, which is you know the third largest music company around the world, who is really putting a bet on music in the metaverse or in the virtual worlds. Um, however, while we do have that those type of investors on the cap table, and 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 a bunch of other private investors um uh, on our cap table you know uh, even some who are not coming from the game world like for example you know mark benioff the founder and ceo of salesforce um and and so i think there is definitely a lot of investors who are trying to figure out what all of this means right and 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 i think there's two different dynamics happening at the same time that a lot of venture capital funds and institutional investors are trying to figure out when it comes to UGC gaming, games in the metaverse, these next generation platforms like Epic, Roblox. And I think those two dynamics are, number one, there is the approach that super social takes of, you know, let's build a professional company that really takes these platforms and help take them to the next level, leveraging the technology capabilities, leveraging the, um, the big size of the audience and community. Definitely subscribing to the fact that the next, the evolution of games, the evolution of social media is, is in the metaverse, in these large-scale virtual worlds. And then you have the other dynamic, which is um, individual Gen Z creators who are part of the creator economy, passion economy, right? And these are young, capable people, designers, developers, who, like on YouTube, are starting to build these next-generation experiences on their own, from their bedroom, at the age of 15 and 18. Right, all of our developers, for example, on, on on our team, they've all started building on the Roblox platform when they were 14, 15, all of them. And so I think what what's happening now, I believe, is that there's some investors like ours who are putting their money where their mouth is and are willing to go in and and bet on a couple of companies that are doing something in this space and trying to pave a way and be pioneers. And I think there is a bunch of investors, probably majority of investors, who are who are kind of sitting on the sideline for now, just wanting to see where the market is going, how big is Roblox can become. You know, one of the things that investors kept asking us about Roblox is, and I to admit, struggling with, 
is how big it can be as a business for a new company building on top of a platform. And I would say to that, let's look at analogies. Let's look at Shopify. There's now billion dollar companies that have been built on top of Shopify, right? And so if you look at, at, at marketplaces, at platform companies that have been built over the last decade, like Shopify and some others, Snapchat also, you could take a bet of saying, we can build billion dollar companies on top of those platforms. And you're talking about gaming and interactive media, which is in the hundreds of billions of market in terms of you know, TAM, and it's only gonna grow. And when you think about that opportunity on, um, and I suppose this is sort of a question that, that would stretch out, let's say over the next decade. Do you think about any other critical pieces of infrastructure or other elements that need to be true or need to be in place for you know, that, that scale of second order company to exist? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I think there's a few things, right? I think, um, um, especially in a platform like Roblox, I think monetization opportunities are going to be important, right? How large of a business you can really build on top of a platform like that? Is it big enough for you to just focus on Roblox? Super Social today is fully focused on the Roblox platform, all of our team and our resources. However, that doesn't mean we're going to only focus on Roblox moving into the future, right? And there's a bunch of different platforms we're looking at uh, just keeping an eye on. Um, and so I think that's the first question. And I think monetization and revenue opportunities for professional developers who are building on platforms like that, I think that's number one. Number two, um, I think a lot to do with the avatar economy, right? I think one cannot ignore the fact that a lot of what happens on these virtual worlds is the manifestation of human behavior in the form of an avatar. So in the real world, you're now talking to Jonathan. On Roblox, I'm Lord Yonners. I'm a whole different person, right? So when I'm in Roblox and I'm Lord Yonners on Roblox, I think of myself and I build my appearance. I buy items, virtual goods. I wanna, I wanna manifest who I am as a person in the, in the real world. I wanna manifest myself into the virtual world. I think that is a massive, massive move that um, um, you know, we can build on and, and expand not just about the game, but also the avatar of the players and how can we build more exciting experiences for your avatar, but also it's the avatars inside the game and bringing avatars from the game to the outside world. And I think that dynamic is fascinating for us. Um, I think I'm curious to see how Roblox will continue and push the envelope of what's possible for the avatar economy. But I also think that technologies like blockchain and this obviously massive, massive trend you're seeing with NFT, uh, NFTs um, will also play a role in that. And, and so I think that's the second piece, avatar economy. Um, and I think the third piece, especially for a platform like Roblox, but not just, making sure for us as a developer that we are able to tap into the massive social graph that is being built on those platforms. And I think that goes to Roblox, but also to Epic and the efforts Epic are doing. Being able to tap into that social graph in a similar way to how Facebook has done and opened the social graph in 2007, 2008, to me, that's a third piece of how we could really look at building massive businesses, second order magnitude businesses on top of, on top of these platforms in the future. Mm. 
That's very interesting. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole, I feel like there's a whole series of Matthew Ball articles that have yet to be written about, <laughs> our, about our conversation uh, that's happening right now. Um, we've got a couple more and then we'll, then we'll wrap up. Um, music and actually specifically rappers have been at the forefront of music in the metaverse. I mean, we've obviously had Travis Scott in Fortnite, we've had Lil Nas X in Roblox, we had Post Malone doing something in, in, uh, in Pokemon Go recently. Um, like, what's your take on, on music in the metaverse and, and do you have a view on why specifically it's rappers that are leading the charge? Well, I think, you know, rappers and, and, and have, have been quite innovators, I mean, over the last 20 years. I mean, look at some of the most, not only the most incredibly innovative musicians and artists, but also some of the most savvy musician turned entrepreneurs. They're all rappers. Jay-Z, Kanye West, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Dre. I mean, right. Uh, some savvy investors are, are rappers. <laughs> Snoop Dogg just discovered this morning he was he's an investor in you know Robinhood and a bunch of other very successful uh companies um and so I think naturally over the last 20 years we've seen incredible innovation in music and music business coming from rappers um and I think that's <clears throat> a natural evolution that you see rappers taking a foothold in in interactive media and gaming as well I don't think it's exclusive to them I think we're going to see all type of musicians and artists in the music world tapping into those worlds and, and new possibilities. Um, and I, I definitely take a, a, a worldview where, and, go, and connecting that to your uh, previous question actually, Dylan, is that I think a big part of what's going to make those platforms even more exciting and compelling is the move beyond gaming and the intersection of games and other interactive media. Um, and I think music is a massive one. Um, and we're excited to explore that world. And, and as I mentioned, you know, Warner Music is an investor and we're very excited about what could, how could we at Super Social reimagine the world of music experiences? Um, you know, so, you know, watch out for that space. Um, but I think there's also other verticals like fashion, uh, like learning. And I think there's other verticals where I believe virtual worlds as a place of interactive engagement and, and human experience, um, we're really, we're not even scratching the surface of what that means, both in the context of being part of a game world, but also in the context of regardless of games, building next generation interactive worlds in those content verticals. And I do believe that over the next two years, music will become a big, big proof point and a use case uh, uh, of another vertical alongside games. Very interesting. Um... Jonathan, it's been so nice to um, have you back on the show. This is, I mean, just so interesting, you know, what you're doing with Super Social. Got one more question that we're asking all of our guests on season three. Um, so from, you know, your, your general perspective on the, the kids and young teens market, can you give us one prediction for 2022? What do you think? 2022. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, 2021 is basically almost over. Uh... Prediction for 2022. Um, my prediction for 2022 is that we will see a much more integrative, integrated, we will see a much more integrated um, experiences between those other content verticals and game worlds and starting to see a shift of people realizing that the next era of games 
is much more than just quote unquote a game. That's my prediction. Excellent. Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us on Kid Tech. Thank you for having me, Dylan.